So, uh, Mike Kelly, welcome back to the journey. You uh, had you on the journey, uh, I want to say maybe like six months ago, I think, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, and uh, but as as just to let the people who are listening know and and remind you that the journey is uh, a show that is really focused on um, stories of transformation, stories of individuals who may have had some obstacles in their life or currently going on their in in their in their life experience and what did they learn as a result of those obstacles and persevering through that and what did they learn on the journey of uh, failing forward and I, I know that you did a phenomenal job when you uh, were on the last time telling your story about growing up in the Freeport area and with your mom and dad and all the different different ways and how, how you navigated through some things and then um, and recovery was part of that, um, and then but also music was part of that. And as we can see, all the all the different uh, uh, memorabilia you have behind you. In in is that now you're at your house right now, not not a studio, yeah. right? Yes, I'm, I'm at my home. I actually I, I grew up in uh, Clinton, Iowa, and Morrison, Illinois. Oh, okay. I, I live in Freeport today, but um, yeah, back in the back in the day, uh, you know, my 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 high school and in, in uh, you know. That was all in uh, Clinton and Morrison. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, my uh, this is my wall of uh, my wall of fame over here. I actually, uh, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but I, I've got a, a simulated brick wall. It's just got the names of students that I've had in my home. I probably got a few hundred names. I just have them sign their name, you know. But nice. Um, but then these uh, these uh, these posters are. Well, actually, so I don't have to paint my wall, but uh, <laughs> but there's there's a testimony. You know, my house is kind of a a, a little weird museum of of me, and uh, I mean, it's my house. I can I can do whatever I want in here, you know. But I mean, um, one in particular is a little shop of horrors at, at Byron High School. Sure. Back in the '90s, I was uh, I, I did this musical. And it was, I, I knew the director, we, we go back a ways, but he, he knew I was out there and he called me if I wanted to do this show. And, you know, my high school years, I was basically that Spicoli guy. I, I, I didn't do theater. I didn't, I wasn't in band. I chose to just, I just chose to be, to exist. I, I wasn't doing much. And uh, I was sort of uh, in, in, involved in football, but that, you know, education and, and trying to do good and, uh, uh, you know, learn and, and all that. I, I, I missed the boat. And uh, it was my choice, obviously. But this this theater thing, here I am a, as an adult um, doing this show, playing guitar for Little Shop of Horrors. And this is how God has always worked in my life. And then there's a there's a scripture in, in, in Joel, Joel 2, that God will give you back with the locusts of eight. And, um, you know, in, in my alcoholism, and my decisions and my choices were the locusts. It wasn't any like, hard times or things that are that I couldn't help. I, I did it all by myself, no problem. Um, but here's how this works. I get called, I do this show. We end up doing a phenomenal job. Little Shop of Horrors is really a, a really cool musical. The, the music is really awesome. And then the big giant plant that eats everybody at the end. But um, it's a beautiful story. <laughs> but anyway, we won state. And so here I'm in Byron on a, on a bus load going all the way down to the state. You know, we won this state, uh, you know, musical, uh, just like you do in football, you win state. I, I didn't realize that there was all these different other types of state, you know, deals. And, and so here I am with these kids and, and we're going to stay in a hotel and, and we put on two performances for just thousands of these other Illinois high schoolers. Uh, down there participating in this event. So that's my God given back with the locus of eight because I just didn't do all that. I wasn't involved in all the things that I do today. I, I, I'm a teacher that's not educated, you know, by a college. I don't have a degree. Um, I just have a degree in, in the hard knocks, you know, but, but the, the, the posters there are just, it's a reminder of where I was at, you know, what it was like, what happened and what it's like today. And so, I always, I need that to remind, I got to remind myself. That's me. And I tell my students, when I have students here at the house, I, I, I point this stuff out because they ask me about these things. And I say, well, you know, here's a, here's a little story about me. And I, and I always share the, 
the Little Shop of Horrors one because uh, in reality, my my life was was a horror and uh, horror, <laughs> and um, you know I was out of control, and uh, so you know I, I got back doing some of those wonderful things that you just wish you could go back and do again. Sure, sure. And, and just by the people that I knew, or you know, I mean, I I am not capable of pulling that off and. There's only one way of making that happen, and that's that's my higher power, who I choose to call God, and um, that's the evidence of that is 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 so profound. It's I just uh, you know glory to God, man, that I'm alive and I'm sitting here talking to you. That's that's a miracle right there. So sure, sure. Well, I thank you for that story because I uh, I don't know that music Little Shop of Horrors. I don't know that that specific musical that well, but as I've shared with you through our conversations, uh, uh, I've always enjoyed musical theater. And then the last 13 years, I think, how long? Um, yeah, last 13 years have, you know, my wife and I and my, were thrust into my daughter's life of doing musical theater. So she, every year for the last 13 years, you know, since she's been eight years old has been, um, you know, that's been our world. And as yeah. much as it was, um, going through it with my son playing sports, uh, you know, all the way from grade school, all the way through college and playing football. Um, it was that way with her being in theater and she still gets to do it. It's one of those things that you can, you can do it um, as long as you want to, you know, and, and oh, age, yeah. you don't get to age out of that one, you know? So uh, your body doesn't necessarily fail you in the same way it does with competitive sports. And um, no, the love of theater is uh, it's not a well-paying gig. It's usually a community theater or something like that. And I've, I've, had, I've been asked, I've been honored to be a part of certain things. And, and you know, it, I, I just, I'm, I just get, I'm too busy to commit to a weekend and with all the rehearsals and, and with yeah. what I all, you know, what I already do. And so it's, it's always impossible, but there's nothing like it. It's, it's really cool. I've done Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, Godspell, uh, all kinds of different, ones but the biggest one was pump boys and dinettes i started I, the first time i did that was i probably played this part called it was jackson um and uh i probably played that part about 200 times really? but i ended up going to the fireside theater and and doing that show for about three months nine shows a week uh you know again i don't know how to do that you know so I mean, I, I did, you know, duh, I mean, I, I got to give myself a little credit, but uh, what people saw in me and what I, what I really thought was, was always different, you know, and so how I ended up in those things, it's, uh, it's just pretty cool. Sure. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I, it was kind of similar to the, our life journey and how it, how they intersect, right? I, I saw you Saturday night, a couple nights ago, and it just happened to be a day that, uh, it was, it was, uh, we had a, fr a family friend of ours that uh, their son, 35 year old son died uh, from brain cancer. And mm. in a matter of a, a short time period, I think, I think oh. the total time period was like 10 weeks from diagnosis to death. And then oh. because of COVID, we weren't able to, uh, they weren't able to do the celebration of life and his funeral until, until just this past Saturday, even though he died April 27th. And, um, so we were going going out to eat with the family, uh, some of the family members that night, and uh, and then you guys happened to just be getting done playing, and yeah. and I know that you you guys haven't been playing out as much, and I know that's a big part of what you've been doing. So, uh, so so tell yeah, tell me what, during this time period, you know you you know playing out was a big part. Working with your students uh, was a huge part. Tell us how to. What did you do during this COVID when, when before we were in phase four here in Illinois? What, what things were, what were you able to do or what didn't you do? And how did that work work-wise? Well, you know, I, I, last time, you know, we talked a lot, I talked about my parents, you know, and I, and I, you know, I like to go down there. And uh, so I came back, went to visit them again at the end for my birthday, March 3rd. And I came back, you know, about another week later, kabam. Here we go. I had, uh, I've lost 30 gigs from the last two weeks of March to actually the end of June. And I just heard about a gig in August here in Freeport. Uh, 
another one that was at the park. I mean, outside, but it's in September. Done. Canceled. And uh, so they keep they, they keep canceling, <laughs> you know. But I've, I'm probably up to about 35 or 40 gigs right now of, of, of no no gigs. Um, so that was one thing that I, you know, I would look at my day planner and I put the little circle with the red, the line through it, you know, and it's like, it just, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, you know, oh, here's a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, you know, just bam, 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 nothing, nothing they're all done. You know, Gizardo's, I teach there, um, had to shut down. I worked at the YMCA here in Freeport. They shut down. So like overnight, like everyone else though, you know, I was very, very unemployed. And, um, you know, it was like, okay, now, uh, but you know, uh, knowing that everybody else is in this boat, uh, that actually really helped because it wasn't just, you know, there's a lot of people just individually just having hard times. You know, you get laid off from a job, whatever, but, but then, you know, what's up with this COVID thing? And then, you know, I think being concerned about other people, you know, I'm an only child. I live by myself. I've been solo for a long time. I am kind of all I think about, <laughs> you know, um, but it's not in that, you know, it's not so much like the ego kind of thing as it is the, I'm just me, you know, but what do I got when I, what am I going to do to take care? I still have a house payment. You know, I was able to, to call them and have that uh, deferred or whatever that word is. And, and, you know, I, I, I'm going to owe a bunch, but my credit rating was like 800, 820. And I just really didn't want, that took forever to get like that. <laughs> my credit rating used to be nothing. So um, I'm kind of proud of that. Um, and I really didn't want that to affect because, you know, all of a sudden I can't pay my bills like everyone else. But, you know, so, you know, they kind of helped me. Uh, my car insurance, house insurance, they, they allowed, you know, like a month uh, of, of not having to pay. Um, my utility bills are pretty low, so I, I, I was able to muster that up. And, um, you know, we got that stimulus check. Um, you know, a lot of people have their opinions about that, but I, um, I just about tapped that out. But I, I made that last for a long time. And, um, you know, so, but being concerned about other people um, helped the anxiety I started cleaning my house in a way that, well, probably most normal people already do. But for me, <laughs> the cobwebs and the, you know, just a, a, a deep cleaning, uh, a deep spring cleaning, uh, got rid of some things, donated some things, you know, sitting on my front porch on that, you know, just the beginning of spring is still a little chilly and, and, and reading my devotion book, uh, reading my 12-step uh, my, uh, material. Um, and just, you know, just being very grateful to God. Um, my, my youngest daughter had another baby. Uh, so yeah. that's three of them now. Penny Lee Harper Gerard, just a little bundle of joy, a little, another little girl. Nice. And, uh, you know, so that was focus. You know, if I sat there and just stirred in my stuff, which is easy to do <laughs> and, uh, I, I think I could have been gone nuts. You know, I worried about other alcoholics. Are they, you know, I, I would understand why you would want to fall back into, you know what, I, I just want to drink, you know, or something. And, and, you know, I've been able to, because I've tried that before, um, it just never worked. And uh, so for some reason, you know, I was able to abstain. And um, again, God is large and in charge. Um, oh, AA meetings. I mean, I'm very, very much an attend, you know, I, I attend AA a lot. I, I don't know if I, I don't want to promote, we're not supposed to do that, but that is, if anybody's ever got a problem like that and you want to talk to me, uh, I'll pretty much steer you in that direction. So, you know, but, um, it was my lifeline. It was my life saving. It, it, that's where I really met God for the, uh, uh, you know, and through my uh, through my journey. But you know, AA meetings stopped. Um, yeah, you could have done it. Yeah, I mean, I just went to my first one because they opened. 
the place that I go to in Freeport just opened Friday, last week. I went Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning. And here it is Monday. Um, so I miss, I miss that, but it's funny because, you know, social distancing, I guess I didn't know what it was called. I, that's what I've always been doing. I've, I've been a social distancer, but I just kind of, you know, if I'm not playing, it, you know, hanging out that way, I'm, I'm off the park. I'm doing the Frisbee golf thing, riding my bike, you know, uh, taking a cruise to the Mississippi River, back to my old stomping grounds and, and just hanging out in nature. But every time I go to the park, I'd see a, a fellow member. And, you know, we, hey, man, how you doing? How you doing? We all know how to talk to each other. You doing okay? You know, we all know what that means. Um, you know, I've had a few phone calls, um, checking in with my parents, very worried about them. I had a flight booked. I was going to take my mother to church on Easter Sunday down in Florida. It's just going to do about a four day deal and, uh, canceled, you know, I mean, that, that was another thing, you know, and, uh, so I got to say this COVID thing has really gotten in my way, you know, but, um, <laughs> like it has, but again, like it has for everybody else. And so how, how was your mom's dad? How, how was your mom and dad's health during this time period? Um, you know, they're, they're, they're fine. I just talked to him uh, two days ago and um, my dad just, uh, well, it was father's day. And then my dad just celebrated a birthday. Like right after that, they're both, they just, he just turned 85. My mom was, was an older woman. She's, she was 85 first, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, uh, um, you know, I talked to them and they're, uh, things are spiking. They live in the villages. Uh, that's uh it, it, it florida's becoming a hot zone again mm -hmm. and i gotta say if my father my father for sure if he was to get something if he was to, if that thing would would hit him i it wouldn't i don't think it would be good um i want to have faith in that but i want to have faith that they're going to be healthy and not have anything happen so um you know my mother uh you know she's she's healthier um but you know it not being able to go down I mean, it means a lot for me to go see them. It's, uh, it's a big deal. Um, living amends, you know, that's what I do. And uh, I owe that to them, to be a son. You know, checking in with my daughters. I got a daughter that lives in Chicago, a hotbed. She's right downtown Chicago. She's like across the street from Lincoln Park Zoo. And you know, she works downtown in a big high rise. And uh, she's like one of the only ones that are actually working office manages an office and, and um but it's so surreal because the people have stopped i mean there's no people imagine downtown chicago and walking around there's hardly anybody around hardly anybody on the bus it's it's actually there's no nobody around so you know but she you know i checking in with her make sure she's okay and, you know my daughter she's pregnant she has a baby where i think it's now about two months uh, the, the, the new one is two months old. Um, um, you know, so all these concerns about these people that of course I was always concerned about, but you know, it was always, I was so self-centered. I, I, you know, I'd forget to call my parents. I'd forget to check in with my daughters, you know, and those, those kind of things. And, um, you know, that's just changed. So living really a normal life, like, like anybody else, um, most people check in on their parents. Most people, check in on their kids. I mean, you know, um, I meant well, but I failed, you know, and so I owe that to them too, you know, to be a, to be a father. And with that comes being a grandfather. Um, you know, the, 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 the people from, uh, I, I reached out to a few uh, AA members. Uh, I, I played Frisbee golf with a few people. We just, went out there and people were interested, you know, Hey man, I'd, I'd like to do this. It sounds like fun. I see you're doing it all the time. So I've had four or five engagements of just meet me up at the park and I got the Frisbees. Let's just do it. And, and we'll talk. And so it, it's, you know, I, I'm other than the fact that, yeah, there's really something going on. And when I observe other people's uh, you know, like businesses and things like that, I, Galena, Galena, Illinois, one of my favorite places. Um, it's very spiritual for me. There's a, just a certain kind of energy there. Um, and I know a lot of the locals and we, we play music there. I, I watched a particular place where I played music at shut down in two weeks. I mean, 
emptied it out. It, it's a it's a Mexican restaurant now already. Two weeks it took that he's done, you know. And I've I've seen some snippets of like he's working three jobs right now, just just trying to make it make it work, you know. And but uh, you go to Galena and in uh, every other store, maybe not quite that. Every fourth store, I don't know, but they're empty or seventy five percent off. And uh, that is just that's just that little area that I that's precious to me, but. It's going on downtown Freeport's going on downtown Rockford. It's it's going on all over the place. Yeah. So being a real self-centered son of a gun, I really focused on other people, sure. other situations, praying for other people. Mike, um, you said some you said something earlier, and maybe kind of go into a little bit of an explanation because you said uh, living amends. What what do you, what do you mean by for people that don't know what that means? Uh, what 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 do you mean by living amends? Oh, well, I gotta try to hold my composure on this because that just hits me every time. Not that I haven't forgiven myself, but I know how I acted as a teenager and, and past that, as a married man, having children. My living amends are to my kids too, you know. It's, it's anybody I've had contact with back when I was living that other lifestyle. Um, we're just drunken, drunken idiot. Um, my parents, they're amazing. Yeah, my mom and dad raised my oldest daughter. She's 40 years old. Um, I wasn't in the position to do that, but they stepped in at 55. And uh, she was a seven-year-old little girl. Um, things weren't working out, you know, maybe with her, where she was living with her mom. And, and you know, it's, they, they just had an opportunity to take legal custody and, um, and they and they and they got that and and uh, she she lived an amazing life. But that's what my parents are like. That's my dad and my mom. You know, they had this beautiful now they have this daughter, this granddaughter. But this I, I would she was 180 degrees of what I was when I was in high school. She had some of the same teachers. Uh, she lived in the, she the same house, but she was she went to the same church that. You know, I would. That's where I, you know, that church is where I learned to smoke pot because I went to church camp, here, you know. So, I mean, but my daughter, she was the, it was, she was the, 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 the 180 degrees of what, what her dad was, and uh, so it was a joy. So my parents got back with the locusts of eight too, I guess in a sense, you know, because, you know, yes, through a, uh, you know, having having this child and and and. Uh, you know, she's not in the, in just the best environments, you know, at that time. And uh, my parents took over and she, she got the, the you know, she was the church kid and, and she was just a, a good kid. She was, I don't know what you call it, but like an Eagle Scout, only the equivalent of it in, in the, in the Girl Scouts. Gotcha. She went all that way. You know what I'm saying? So, so living amends, I owe my daughters, I owe my parents, you know, I need to be a son to them. I need to be what they deserve. You know, it's kind of hard to go back and have my dad be proud of me for being a football player because I failed at that. I got kicked off, you know, both my junior and senior year, both for, for doing stuff that you're not supposed to do. And um, that's disappointing. But, you know, I think today, you know, my, my dad and my, my mother are, are proud of me, uh, you know, for what I, what I do. Um, you know, I am a musician, but I, it's, it's deeper than that. I'm a, I'm a teacher. I work with kids and I'm not a counselor. <laughs> I'm just experienced at making really bad choices. So when I see some little, most of my kids are pretty decent, but I see maybe a little stoner come walking in. <laughs> you know, I see this stuff, man. I can smell them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I just, I just know that I can talk. I talk to the guys all the time. I talk to the, my, my young guys. A lot of them know my story, not maybe in great detail. Um, but I talk to them about the, uh, being in a band, playing music is cool, but there's a whole nother world 
you know, how to be, how to be respectful, how to, how to be humble. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Sex and drugs about took the rock and roll away from me. Um, and it's both, both deals. And, uh, you know, just the distraction of all that stuff. Obviously, being under the influence really makes it hard to perform. I think people think they play good, <laughs> but no, you don't. You don't play good. Um, I'm getting better as a guitar player, but, you know, being sober really helps me with that. Um, you know, I, I wish I could go back in time and stuff, but my parents deserve a son. You know, I painted my dad's house. Oh, way to go, Mike. You are an amazing kid. You know, wait, what a great guy. But you know what? Those are the things that, uh, you know, I, I, last year about th this time, I painted my mom and dad's house. And it was a, Florida and, and about 100, and, 100 degrees and, and heat index, you know, dangerous. And it was great. I was sweating. And, man, I, I got so into it. I, re I really enjoyed it. Um, and they really appreciated it, too. But so that's a living amend. You know, I'm going to go down and help them. What, what do you guys need? Um, so, you know, and I just want to be present. I go down there. I do have a good time, but I, I do hang, I hang tight with my parents. I mean, we, we hang out and we just chat and hang out. It's, you know, it's, it's hard to get back the, you know, those teen years and, and some of that, uh, whatever else. I mean, you know, the, the, the divorces and the bad relationships and just the, the trouble as I, as I got older, my parents were still aware, especially my mother. You know, it, it killed her. I'm her only child. Um, you know, she couldn't let go. You know, I think codependency had a hold of her, but she's a mother too. So that, I, I can't doubt the love of a mom. I don't, you know, towards her only son, who's probably going to die if he keeps doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. And she, they have friends. They have, a, they're their couple friends, you know, that, that they have, they no longer have a son or a daughter that died at in a 40s or 50 year old that did not stop doing what they should have stopped a long time ago. And so, you know, for me to, to have died that way, yeah, maybe, well, he's just not in pain. And I don't know why he was in so much pain, though, because, you know, I, I, I was just a rebellious little twerp and um, I just took it way too far. But, um, yeah, I'm just lucky to be alive, and, and uh, you know, so I, I just I, I I I take a lot of time to be present for my my little family and these grandkids. You know, I, I've told people if if you see me with a drink in my hand, um, hanging out at some dope house or whatever, shoot me in the head, because what I have, what I've been given back. What God will give you back with the locusts of eight. I got to be a complete freaking moron to let that go. Because my daughter's not going to put up with that. She's not going to allow her, her dad to be around her children. You know, I was a friendly drunk. I, you know, but, you know, just. Yeah, maybe not always a friendly drunk. I should probably not minimize that. Um, let's put it this way. I did enough damage to my children. That they're not going to put up with that. You know, my dad, my mom and dad, oh, that, that would be so disappointing to them. So am I doing it for them? You know what? Kind of. Yeah, a little bit. You know, you can't, you can't do it for somebody else. You got to do it for yourself. Well, yeah, you do. You got to have that first initiative. I'm going to stop for myself and, uh, you know, hope that uh that i can pull through i didn't i had no clue what the sobriety thing was going to bring to me i had no idea um i know i'm rambling on I, I well you know you, you just you make a good point mike because i think you know that's what i do agree and, and i know it's come out of my mouth you got to do your you got to do your recovery for you but a lot of times when we're caught up in the middle of our thing you know whatever it is addiction whatever it is we want to know what am I going to get out of it? And what usually we get out of it is either we, we get something from it or at least we receive no more, no more pain. You know, the hope is that we're not, we're going to have less pain or less rejection or less isolation. And so there, there, there needs to be that, 
tension and exchange between I'm getting something from other people and other things or not getting things removed anymore, which then serves me. And it, and it isn't until later on, after we learn some things, do we recognize, like what you said, about this idea of, uh, of, of spirituality, about mindfulness, about paying it forward, about living amounts you know that that doesn't come right away we get, we got to get some get, get to get some time in there you, you said something i want you to also touch on you said something to the effect earlier earlier you said something about finding god through the individuals or through your experiences at the meetings or or you know you, you said something to that effect uh now obviously you had been introduced to the concept of of god and and church and Christianity, all those things. But God, as you understand them, what? Uh oh, walk us through that a little bit. God, as Michael understands. Them. Well, um, I'm going to quote. I got to quote something out of this really cool blue book here. It's kind of beat up on the outside because I used to carry it around with me all the time. <laughs> But the inside smelled like a new car. <laughs> In other words, I didn't look at it very much. So, uh, but uh, I've, I've since been reading the heck out of it. It's it's a uh, it's it's a book that we use in a in a twelve step group. It's a big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, we will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. And that's it in a nutshell. Because why I'm alive before I even wanted to be sober or before I realize maybe I got a problem. I'm, I'm just alive. The car accidents, rolling trucks, oh, falling down, falling down steps. Oh, things I'd probably, I don't really don't even remember. Um, why I'm alive, uh, the, the amount of drugs and alcohol that I took that you never mix those. You'll see it on that bottle. Do not mix these with alcohol. Well, alcohol helped the effect. And, um, you know why I have a liver? You know, I have blood work done. I've got like perfect enzymes. You know, whatever, however they measure that stuff. I'm going in for a CT scan next week just to uh, just want to make sure I'm okay. You know, um, I did damage. I, I probably did. But anyway, this higher power thing. When I go to a meeting and I know somebody's story, the beauty of of, of these twelve step groups is that you what what was it like? What happened? And what's it like now? Now, and I also have to share my story with somebody that's brand new. Somebody just like me in the day, I need to hear some experience, man. I, I got to hear, yeah, you just quit drinking and that's it. You just go sit. Can't have any fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hardly that. Um, but when I hear a testimony of a gal, you know, 20-some years ago, they had to drag her out of the West Hotel, which is a kind of like the Rustic Inn in Freeport or uh, in Rockford. You know, those hotels that were maybe kind of cool back in the 60s, but they're kind of set up for one thing. And I think it's pretty heavy duty drug use uh, in some of these these little shady hotels that are around. And Freeport has one um, that, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that. But anyway, there's a lot of shady things that go on in these hotels and motels. Um, anyway, this when I see a gal, who couldn't put that crack pipe down and she gets dragged out of there, ends up in treatment. And now she's been a nurse at a reputable hospital and she's a reputable nurse. Um, you know, in other words, she put herself through nursing school. I mean, what, how the heck did you do that as a crackhead in, in a, in a hotel motel room and a sleazy one? Um, the stories are endless. You know, I have a story too, but I listen to everybody else's. Because I think mine is kind of just just the prodigal son. I just wanted to be spoiled or I just wasn't happy with who I was and all that stuff. But you hear this story, this this person's kids were taken away. DCFS gets jumped in there, you know. My mom came to a meeting on Thanksgiving Day. It's Thanksgiving for the last several, probably six, seven years, I've, I always go to the, the Alano Club. It's a club that we all support and we hold meetings there and stuff like that. But we have a big Thanksgiving dinner and man, Kevin, I took my parents there and they were, 
moms that had their kids because they got to have them on Thanksgiving Day for a couple of hours. And I got permission. And my mom realized that and she was a crying like a baby. Just because these parents are so this mother's so happy to see her kids and she's trying to not be a heroin addict anymore and you know, or drink, and that's why you get your kids taken away. But when you see that stuff, I don't think they're capable of doing that all by themselves. I'm not capable of doing what's happened to me by myself. Actually, I don't think I'd want to. God wants a better thing. I've realized that I'm creating the image of God. And um, this is where he doesn't want that for me. Maybe he kept me alive just that one more time. Because that last time, I way too much Xanax and way too much alcohol. And, and the, the three people of AA that came to my house and how that all transpired. I don't know if I got time for that story, but that that's God in my dumbass life. I shouldn't have woke up. And um, so there's little stories. And that's that was a little over six years ago when that happened. And uh, why did I do that? I just wanted to be buzzed. Wasn't trying to kill myself. Wasn't like that. I just out of control. And when I start doing those things, I just can't quit. So I see God. People go to church, they feel the Holy Spirit. I'm going to turn this around a little bit. A lot of times when I go to church, I feel a little disconnected to the internet, so to speak. When I go to an AA meeting or these 12 or hang with, with people like that, um, then I feel the Holy Spirit. I see the miracles. And so that's, if you can do this, you know, I, I know of another junkie. She just graduated from nursing school, the Highland program. She's a nurse today. And she's been sober maybe 15 years, 10, I, I, I can't keep track of everybody's stuff. But I mean, the key is sobriety. But sobriety is usually not number one. It's God, sobriety. Um, and and, and it, it seems to work for those that, that want it. If you really want to stay sober, there is a life after out, without alcohol. I, I go out, some of the goofy jobs that I have, that God has helped me uh, to supplement my income because I'm very unemployed. And I'm, I'm I don't want the frustration of trying to get unemployment. I just read the rhetoric of people trying to get it and they're just freaking out, ah, you know, and it's just, and, and I know people get through finally, but I know how I am. And if I, I'd be checking every 20 minutes. All right, let's see what, okay. Oh my gosh. Oh, they didn't hear anything yet. Don't they? I tried to call and I'll call and I'll call. I'll spend all day trying to get through so I can get that special unemployment for gig workers, which I would love to have. But I know the frustration that I'm going to have. That might trip me up to where, you know what? Screw this. I'm going down the street. I'm going I'm to get some alcohol. I can't deal with this. So sacrificing some free money. But you know what? God provides. I'm, I'm, a, I'm on boat patrol. I'm a, I, have not, I don't know if I got authority. I, I'm like a lifeguard on a boat. That's kind of what I feel like I am. But I'm making sure people are compliant. You know, I, I, I work with the conservation officer. Um, he's the guy that will, will let you know if you've been drinking too much on the boat. I don't have to worry about that, but I can see things and I, I don't have to really say much to these people. I could, you know, this is a very unsafe situation and, you know, things happen that way. But here's the irony is I'm the most un, I'm not an authority guy ever. I, never, I still have a hard time with it especially nowadays when I get to be my age and all my bosses are 20 years younger, if not younger. <laughs> and they're telling me that I can't do something or whatever. And it, it doesn't always go well, but so here I'm out on this lake and, and driving a boat. I loved a boat. Uh, I, I grew up with boats, but 
you know, I have this job where I'm, I'm, you know, just making sure people are safe, making sure you're okay. Are you doing good? I chat with people. I talked to a state trooper yesterday. I was on the lake. He, I, he, he had to go out for a call out at the lake at this place. And, and he was out at the, one of the marinas. He was just looking, looking out at the lake. And I pulled in. I said, Hey, how's it going, sir? I wanted to thank you for your service. So again, out of myself into this guy, because I know what's going on. I hear, I see, I said, man, thank you. Thank you for your service. So I have, thank you. I really appreciate that. There's a trooper, state police. He says, hey, can I, can I ride in your boat? And I'm thinking, oh boy, can I do this? Well, and then there was another gentleman, you're going to deny us a, a trooper? <laughs> I said, you know what? No, I'm not. Hop in, sir. And I pulled over, made it safe, got him in. We sat. And I got to ask him questions. I got, he just, you know, I don't even think he wanted to talk. He just took his hat off and we rode up and down the lake. A policeman. And I admitted, I said, you know, when I drank, I always broke out in handcuffs. Every stinking time, man, you know, DUIs or public intox or some, some stupid thing that, that alcohol would make me do uh, or help me to do, make the decisions I made. So, you know, here I am with a police officer and, and just we're just two human beings in a boat. And I had to do a little action. I had to tell a guy to slow down because it was a no wake time, you know. And so I, I got to do some of my stuff, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, but I did have to tell a guy to slow down. It's just, you know, it's just never a dull moment. But I mean, that's how God supplements me. I'm working this this boat thing. And now I just started at the Y again, and they've got a whole new position there. And I am wiping down machines. Oh my gosh, they are the YMCA. God bless them. They are fulfilled. They are making it. They're probably above and beyond what the requirements are. And I'm a part of that team to uh, clean up after the. You know, people are cleaning up after themselves, but I'm cleaning up after them. And and just reminding them, you know, hey man, you know maybe a mask, uh, you know, don't be so close over here on these machines, you know, just, just stuff like that. And I know you got to be very polite because people are a little edgy. And um, so again, I got another sort of an authority job, but I, I take that very lightly. Um, I just want everybody to be safe. just want everybody to follow the rules. <laughs> I'm a rule breaker times 10. So that's, that's just ironic that I'm doing some of these things, but that's supplementing me. And here's the biggest one. The students, you know, Gizardo Music, they're open. Man, they're following protocol above and beyond. And it's up to the students. I've got gotten hold of all my students. You guys want to come back? Uh, not yet, man. I'm going to wait at least a couple more months. To, yes, to they're wearing a mask. I've set up my room. We're, we're, I got a tape measure. It, we're seven, we're eight feet away from each other. Um, there's a place upstairs where I can be even a little further away. You know, Zoom is an option, but I, I am so personal with my students. And most of my students are getting so good that we jam. You can't do that with Zoom. And so, you know, I, I just waited it out. Um, I'm getting blessed with new students. They're coming to my house now. And, and I, you know, I've, I've always had a handful of students that, I, I mean, for the first month, nothing. I mean, we all were like, what the heck is going on here? You know, everybody. So, I mean, there was nothing. But that's when I discovered my house. I discovered the porch. I discovered sitting in this room. I discovered sitting over here. I was just living in my home and I was very grateful. I was cooking, cooking healthy. Um, you know, Aldi's is right up the street. I had no problem with, and my daughter, because I'm not really going anywhere. My youngest daughter, now my daughter in Chicago, it was a very, it was a hotbed. We, we had to talk on the phone. But my daughter with the babies, she lives very close. And uh, I was helping her and, and we, we were doing life. And uh, I was still seeing my grandkids. I got, I broke out my Hot Wheels track. And I got old school Hot Wheels, man, from the 60s. Some of them things are worth 200. It's like, now you guys, especially my three-year-old, it's like, honey, now put that down now, honey. That's worth like $300. <laughs> you know, but um. You know, so, so they're playing with my Hot Wheels tracks and, 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 you know, it was just, and the fact that my daughter left and dropped off with these grandkids and she went, you know, that's, that's pretty cool that I'm trusted 
you know, that uh, I can't do much with the baby. She's breastfeeding. So I, I'm, I'm out of luck on that one. But, uh, you know, so, but anyway, if I didn't mention God yet, by the way, <laughs> God is large and in charge because I just kind of wander around aimlessly. Um, I mean, I, I do have some direction, but I, I am very, I'm still really rebellious. I'm, I'm, I struggle with authority. Um, I just had an incident. I, I still, I'm, oh, the band, the music. You know, Kevin, I lost all those gigs. Then all of a sudden, I get a call from a winery that I've done business with since 2006. I've known uh, Mossback Winery. They got a beautiful open thing. It's God's country out there, man. It's crazy. But she called me, Mike, you know what? We're just, how do you feel? Are you doing okay? I mean, we want you to come out and uh, and play for us. And I'm like, you know what? And uh, she just wanted me, just just solo thing, just kind of Kate laid back, but everybody, people wearing masks, everybody's doing the right thing. And she blessed me really well. The tip jar was, I couldn't believe. Um, and I never said, oh, by the way, I'm a, I'm an unemployed musician and I don't have no money and I, I can't get, I, I've never played that card and I've seen people doing that on Facebook and I'm like, no, I know you, you're not gonna do that. You're not gonna do that for me thing because there's a lot of people that just really got it bad. So the gigs are coming back, but they're getting replaced by the one that I just got a cancellation today for one in August. They're getting replaced with another one. You know, I'm playing three times, 4th of July weekend. Two of them are actually original. They're just going for it. But, um, uh, but they're totally outside and, and, uh, and, and I feel very safe about them. Now I have done a couple of that, that, uh, but, but, being with the band and stuff, I mean, I know that um, I've had a like a I've had some clashes with with band members in the past, and and I still that still can happen, you know, and and that's kind of in the present right now. And, and my remorse on that is it's boy, I got a lot of work to do on me. I don't need to focus on somebody else that I have some angst with or we had a, a, a falling out or something. I got to go, okay, because that's what this book tells me to do, because it says to do this. Whenever there's an issue, a problem, a situation, something that, I'm going to paraphrase the heck out of this, but something that just doesn't seem right, you got to figure out with it inside of you. What's, why does this bother you so much? Why does this event, that person, that, that thing, whatever it is, you know, I could, Kevin, I could go nuts. You know, the airlines, they wouldn't, I couldn't go fly to Florida. Don't they, don't they know who I am? I mean, you know, uh, how, I mean, that's crazy, but I, I have that kind of arrogance. I've had that, that kind of ego. I've had that before. I know what that tastes like, and I know what it sounds like, and it's, it's horrible. I don't have to talk about anybody else. If, if anybody wants to gossip about me or talk about my past, you know, get hold of me first, because I will give you some stuff I mean, you can have fun with. You know, you want some gossip? Let me tell you the truth. I got some gossip about me because I, I'm, I'm, I am me, and I, I've been, uh, I lived in this body for a long time, and so, you know, by the grace of God, I'd never killed anybody. Um, I've hurt some hearts. You know, I do owe amends to people. I don't know about the living amends so much. Now, if I had a wife, in it was bad. Uh, yes, living amends. Uh, that's how you make that better. You got to change, and you might have to kiss butt because you were such an idiot. You gotta, you gotta change, man. Most a lot of people in a or you know that get sober wherever you're at, just stop drinking. I, all I know is that just because I haven't drank today does not mean I can be the most self-centered a-hole that you'd ever see. I have. A mine and it's clear and I and I can also go into the what's in it for me so you so, know I, so, so Mike, let me I want to ask you a couple things and you and you definitely touched on them but you know kind of like when I when I saw you the other night and you you said some things and you know you, you one of the things you said that that resonated with me is that you that there was a time period that you would have never thought you would have been able to do three months of sobriety, three months of recovery without 
going to regular meetings, right? So, so there was, there was that, that you said something along that line, because that's how much part of your recovery, your recovery has been, is that, that fellowship, that, that teaching, that, that sacred space. So, so I want to ask this, this question is that in the midst of what we'll call the COVID stuff, in the midst of this chaos, what opportunities did Mike find? Opportunities just in it so so think about in the midst of this last three months right now there's some light coming into this darkness for you right you some gigs are coming back you're able to get back and and working again but in the middle of the chaos of everything getting turned upside down it it sounded like there were some opportunities opportunities to you know be get closer even closer with your daughter and your grand grandkids it sounded like there was opportunities for, for you to really focus on doing some things around your house to create it even more of a home. Absolutely. You, you did something with the porch, right? <laughs> so you, well, I just used it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I mean. I actually sat out there. It was great. You know, that, like, wow, and I, got, and I got a little love seat and everything. It's always been there, but it's, it's, it's for my students to you know, take their shoes off and stuff. But I mean, the gratitude of having here I, I told you i was going to do this this here can you can you see that nice van yeah very nice yeah you know i lived in that thing for a year <laughs> um that's when i was uh i lived out at this lake and uh you know things uh my, my wife divorced me because i was a drunk i'd like I, you know i i can't say anything about her there's nothing to say so when you come from that, and I've, I've lived in shadier places too when I was single and things. I, I know about waking up and what's crawling on me. Oh, oh it's a cockroach. Oh, man. You know, um, I, 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 I experienced those kind of scenes. But, um, you know, to have been able to buy this home, I'm in a good neighborhood. It's an older neighborhood. I've got great neighbors. Uh, my house is solid, you know, built in the 50s. I was able to apply for a program that, that allowed me to have some very, imp there was a point where I see, do I need a new furnace, a roof? And there was another one that, well, furnace and roof is big. And my, my roof was leaking, um, but, but I didn't have heat. So God, which one do you fix here? I can only really do one, <laughs> you know? And so again, was blessed with this program where they where they fix things up and then you gotta you gotta comply you gotta do follow some rules <laughs> and stuff and uh, but I got windows and so I have this very solid home. Um, a lot of times I, I do find myself sometimes I was in the beginning of sobriety it was very strange being in my house I think because I used here all the time I, I was drunk here a lot the 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 stuff that I would do by myself being drunk was, I mean, it was comical, I guess, but um, I'm just so used to that being in my house. So I needed to clean my house of, of that kind of spirit or that kind of a process or that, that I'm used to that. You know, sometimes you, if you were an ex-smoker, sometimes you'd reach where your cigarettes used to be just 10 years later. Whoa, what was that? I'm reaching for a pack of cigarettes because it's, it's just ingrained. And so this house reminded me of drinking a lot and crying in my, just a big, oh, the cry sessions and talking to myself and just crazy things that God saw. Um, so I would leave and go other places to, so I wouldn't be here, but I'd be saturating myself with meetings and uh, just go other places. I was just always somewhere else. But, you know, I've been able to be, uh, see, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I'm comfortable in my own home. I see this. I've cleaned my side of the street. I've, I've cleaned house. Um, well, physically, yeah, you don't want to come in here right now. But <laughs> uh, it's kind of messy, but uh, it's a good kind of messy. But um, the, the, the gratitude of having a home. Um, my, my payment, I don't even want to tell you what my house payment is and with the taxes and insurance, 
people, are you kidding me? I couldn't live in that crack hotel I talked about earlier. I couldn't even live in that place uh, per month. It's, it's probably, uh, my housemate is probably two thirds lower than that even. So, um, you know, so, I mean, learning, uh, cooking, um, I, I'm eating healthy. Um, I, I don't want to be in denial about sugar though. I got an issue with sugar, but that's a whole nother. I think I, I, I know how to handle that, Kevin. You know what? Here's the thing. When I wanted to drink, it was time. When I wanted to stop drinking, it was, it was time. If I wanted to drink, I will. But I desire, the, the desire has left me. And I really have no desire to drink. It does not look appealing when I'm out at this lake doing boat patrol. Trust me, on a day like yesterday, people out in the boats, nobody's drinking. <laughs> yeah, um, everybody's drinking. And um, hey, man, can I get, I'm offered all the time. Dude, I'm in this boat. And that would be something I would have done. Yeah, hey, yeah, pass that over here. I, yeah, I just have one drive around in a boat on duty. Um, now it's like, no, absolutely not. I can't, you know. And most people that I know out there know that, know where I've been and, and know that I'm different today, that I just choose not to drink. And I don't hold that against any, you know, if you drink, whatever. I don't, it's your day. I, I live and let live. Um, you know, I choose not to drink. But, um, so, you know, the house thing, the bless, blessed like that, uh, I had a point I was going to make, but um, I lost it. Um, what was the question again? No. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I think part, partly, and I'm just going to kind of, with a couple of things that you said, I'm just going to kind of recap with some. It, it, was, it was those things, right? It was everything disappeared in a matter of a very short time period. But even though that happened, you had enough, uh, enough experience, enough uh, enough time, I think what they, you know, enough coins in the, in the sobriety yeah. bank, right. That, that you w knew what you weren't going to do, even though you didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And, and so this reminded me, yeah, go ahead. It's spiritual bank. That's yeah. what I wanted to tell you. It's a spiritual program in the long run, whether you want to be a atheist or, or agnostic, um, you know, a lot of people come into the program with a very twisted, twisted view of God. Um, God took away my husband, my father, my friend with, from brain cancer, and it lasted 10 months. I mean, what kind of God is that, you know what I mean? Right there, there there's, people can have their thoughts about that, you know, and, and um, you know, religion and, and those twisted views people come in pretty damaged so you want to talk to them about god and by the way you can't drink anymore or you shouldn't drink That's, those two just don't go together very often so the way 12-step groups are kind of you 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 end up finding you know god knows he just knows we're we're funny creatures um every man woman child the image of god is right there whether you believe it or not i'm sorry but my friends that are atheists and stuff. Okay. But every man, woman, and child, the image of God is right there. So little did I know, but by going, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not the best AA person. I'm not a great aa -er. I, I'm not a very good sponsor. Um, but I will talk to other alcoholics and tell them my story or, or whatever they ask me a question or I'll hang out with them. I, I've tried sponsoring it. You know, I find that people just, you know, sponsoring a 17 year old and you're trying to tell them to not, you know, cause they're having problems at home. And sometimes it, geez, they're 17 years old. And, uh, you know, it, anyway, um, but I chaired, I, I like to chair meetings. Um, there was just something that's kind of given back. I, I do pay tithe, if you will. We pass a basket, self-supporting. I do pay the dollar or more. I belong to this Alano club. That's a membership. Pay your dues. Um, so I do give back. A has given me millions. I've given them back pennies. But so, but my, my routine between Rockford and Freeport groups 
was probably at best five, five meetings a week. So you start saving that. I don't know that I'm saving it, but you, every meeting is amazing because you hear a testimony of somebody or you see that piece of that guy that's got 40 years sitting in that corner and he's 75 or 80 years old and he's got 45 years or maybe he's got 50 years and they don't even have to talk. They're just, they're the epitome of serenity. We have people like that and I love seeing the old timers uh, now, some people with lots of <laughs> heavy sobriety, I, I maybe wouldn't want their way of doing things, but you know what? They haven't drank for 30 years. That's wow. Uh, but there are some people that seem, for me, for my spirit, what I would, what I think, what I, ex, what I would like to see out of this program is, is that peace, that tranquility, serenity, all those words that I didn't even know what that meant. Sure. Um, and, and humbleness, humility not humiliation. Um, I got those two mixed up. You know, humiliation was no problem. You want me to humiliate myself and you? Have me over. Uh, but being humble about things. And, uh, you know, I know that if I start talking about how humble I am, I guess so much for being really humble. So <laughs> I'm going to skip that part. But that's the thing that I got to work on. Or, you know, God works on that all the time with me in a gentle, soft way, or through a voice of another human being. But that spiritual bank account, Kevin, I did not know how much I had in my savings account until this happened. And that, in a nutshell, is like this whole interview, really. How did you make it through? I didn't realize my spiritual bank account was so full. I mean, it was busting out. So God will give you back with the locust of eight because he will fill the storehouses, you read that scripture, it, it talks about giving you more an abundance of using food for a, the metaphor. And, and I had so much, God's got me. He's got me. I'm, he's large and in charge. I give all the glory to him. I'm not a big amen, brother, Jesus Christ. You know, and I, Jesus Christ is my personal savior, by the way, but I'm not a Bible thumper and I'm not a, I'm not really good at going to a church, but I wanted to go Easter Sunday so I could take my mother to church because she likes that and I don't have a problem with it, but I used to. That's living amends. When I asked my mom, the last time I was there, I asked her because they've conformed maybe, well, he doesn't really want to go to church, so we won't say anything. We're, we don't have to go, you know. I know my mom wants to go. And so I asked her. And again, wow, Mike, what a great son. But this is what I don't think about. Her, not me. Mom, you want to go to church? What? Oh, yeah. Well, let's go. And so my mom and dad and I would go to church. And I didn't catch on fire. It's all good. <laughs> so... There's some more living amends. I mean, it's. Um, so, so, so Mike, as we get ready to wrap up, you know, I, when I saw you the other day and you said that, and I wanted you to share that piece, because I know there's a lot of individuals right now that are struggling. There's a lot of individuals that are struggling with mental illness. They're struggling with suicide, with overdosing, uh, with going back out and relapsing. And, and I think it's a combination of, it's a lot easier, right, when you've put, put deposits into that bank account that you can draw, withdraw from when, when times get tough. But even with that, like you said, instead of focusing on what you didn't have, you still were reaching out to, to people. You were reaching out to people that you could reach out to. You were making, making connections. You were thinking about other people than just your situation. And I think the combination of all those things are what allows us to, to, to think about abundance versus fearing a scarcity. And, and, and if, you've been, if you've been playing, if you've been practicing, if you've been doing those things, then when they call to play a gig, you're ready to go. Oh, yeah. You're just looking for an audience. <laughs> you, you got the music's there. It's just waiting for the audience. So I appreciate, Mike, you as more than more than you know, I appreciate your energy 
and and I appreciate you know as we got to know each other over the years uh, when you were working at Peak and we were talking in the morning and you know the, your humbleness about your imperfections and your thinking uh, always amazed me um, because in the midst of a 20-minute ride, you'd go from where you were at to uh, a different mindset by the time we got done talking. And I don't think I said one thing <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> I kind of do that. Yeah. <laughs> so Mike, you know, Kevin, this having a home, I got a house. I didn't have to, it was taken care of. I mean, I just, without a doubt, I, I think I'm going to, I know, I don't think, I know I'm going to be taken care of. I just don't know what that means. I don't even play the lottery. I, I don't expect that, <laughs> you know, so, and by the way, I just wanted to remind you, when I saw you Saturday, it was a pleasant surprise. I mean, here we are now. We weren't, we were supposed to play till six and you guys show up at like quarter to eight or whatever, seven thirty. Of course. Yeah. 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 So we weren't supposed to play till then. And but we did because it just seemed right and I don't know. And then of all the places you picked was that place which you never go there, right? right or something, yeah. you know. So Yeah. Well that wasn't even the place we were supposed to go to. The place we were supposed to go to was jam packed and we couldn't even find a parking stall, which was uncomfortable in itself. So we drove down the street to and and as I'm walking up, I'm like, Diane, that's Mike. <laughs> So, yeah. So, so I mean, and, and now here we are, like three days later, two days later. Yeah. My that, guy, that's, that's God. Yeah, exactly. And and it's about keeping your not only your 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 mind open, but your eyes open, so that your heart can be open. Amen. So, my friend, I appreciate you. You be safe. Don't fall off the boat. Um, you know, may uh, you you keep stay doing in that boat. You stay in the boat. <laughs> you keep you keep doing exactly what you're doing, and everything will be okay. You know, I, I'm going to do that. I'm going back to meetings again, though, because I'm glad they're open. I did time to. I got to get some money in that account right right here in the heart. Yeah. You know. So, but thanks so much, Kevin, and, and God bless you and what you do, how you impact people. Wow. One person at a time, man. You got a great staff. Yeah. Thank you. So they, I, they got a good leader. Good leader. Yeah. Thank you, well, Kevin. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything that you do. And uh, you keep taking care. All right, my friend. Thanks, Thanks for bro. Being, you Thank you for being on the show, all right? Absolutely, hey, man. If, if someone needs to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? 815-541-1027. And we can start with a guitar lesson, but with, if it's a guy, we end up kind of chatting a little bit. So <laughs> if, if they email, what's the best email? Mike's Music Box, and that's all lowercase, one word, at hotmail.com. Perfect. All right, my friend. And you can I'll find talk. me on Facebook, too, under Michael R. Kelly. So, have nothing to do with R. Kelly, by the way. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, all brother. Right. All right. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. All right. We'll see you guys. All right. Bye.